Good morning, City Lights. It's great to be with you again in your homes. And uh, I was just thinking last week what a privilege it is to even worship in our homes. And generally we've got our babies kind of crawling all over us or sleeping sometimes if, if miracles happen. And, uh, but what a privilege to worship in your home, to, to have the presence of God in, in our homes. And um, I think we're on week 11 or 12, I've genuinely lost count. And uh, everything kind of seems to, to blur into one. But uh, we, this still is our, our foreseeable future. Online church, Zoom community groups. I know that there's some rule that you can meet with 45 people uh, with the social distancing and, and all of that. And I encourage you to do that. Maybe even if you have to bump into people at a coffee shop, whatever it is. Um, but this is probably going to be our reality for, for the next while until we start to hear that events are happening and that uh, other places of worship are happening. Um, and we're just going to keep asking God to to give us endurance in this time. And um, so we're actually coming to the end. This is the last week of our series on the book of Acts. And I've honestly loved it. I, I don't know about you guys. And give a thumbs up if you want. I don't know if there is a thumbs up on that thing. If not, it doesn't matter. And, uh, and for me, I've, I think it's, it's just amazing how we started in Acts 1 and we experienced an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Then there was, then we go to Acts 2 and there's like, if you read it, Acts 2 to 4, there's like a scattering of the church. And at that stage, we went into lockdown and churches were spread to the homes. And it was just, it was amazing to almost track what is happening in Dubai and across the world to what, is, what we're reading on the pages of Scripture. And I, at the beginning of this week, I just started to think, what are a few takeaways from the book of Acts? What are a few areas and lessons that we can learn to kind of cement our hearts into this incredible book? We've got some, a few ideas what we're going to be doing uh, as a summer series, June, July, August. Uh, it's going to probably be a long, hot summer for, for us. And we want to just do things a little bit differently to, to keep people engaged and part of the community. So, looking at Acts. So, if you're taking notes, you can write Acts Takeaway. And um, my first point is this simply, is that Acts is all about Jesus. We started this year and we started with the series, It's Time. And I said, it's time to look at Jesus. And in Hebrews, it says that Jesus is the author and the perfecter of our faith. And we look to him. And, uh, and at the end of the day, that's if, if, if we read through the book of Acts and we've studied it and, we fall, and we've fallen more in love with Jesus and what he's done for us and how he changes and molds society, then I think we've gone in the right direction. And in Philippians 3, Paul writes about himself and he would almost call himself um, like a 10 out of 10 Jew. Like he was, he said he was the Pharisee of Pharisees. He was persecuting the church. He was the man. He was progressing under Gamaliel. He was this, this, he was the dude. But then he writes this about himself in Philippians 3. He says, whatever I gained, and obviously in his past life, I counted as a loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I've suffered loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I might gain Christ. And here you have Paul, whose name was Saul, gets changed. When we meet Jesus, our identity, our names, our future gets utterly changed. I know for me, when I, when I encountered Jesus really for the first time, not in a religious way, not from a distance sitting at the back of a church, but encountered Jesus in a real way, my life was changed forever. My heart was forever His. And that is the invitation to all of us today is that, and you may be even feeling a little bit dry in lockdown, say, Jesus, would you come and refresh my soul? If you, if you are not saved and you haven't given your life to Jesus and you haven't surrendered your heart to him, now is the moment to do that. 
Jesus' name means to deliver, rescue, and save. And in Romans 1.16, Paul writes, it says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew and then to the Gentile. And the word for salvation there is sozo, and it's, it's this it's all-encompassing word. It's, it saves us completely, brings us into complete deliverance. But one of the meanings, and I thought this was so so crazy actually it says deliverance from the molestation of our enemies is that when jesus came into our hearts he he delivered us he rescued us and that is such a graphic picture of how jesus saves us from the enemy and um i don't know if you guys tuned in last week but um ravi zacharias passed away a couple of weeks uh, not a couple of weeks ago maybe 15 days ago and uh he what an incredible man and last year of last year november it was at some point in the past few months, I had the privilege of, of having lunch with him. And, uh, and he was preaching in Abu Dhabi and Ram organized us to have, he was friends with friends who knew him and we went to this amazing steak restaurant, which was beside the point because the conversation was so deep, so rich. And I sat next to Ravi Zacharias and he was sitting right here and I, I get tongue-tied. I was a little bit Christian starstruck. And, uh, and I, I remember uh, Starla was so good. She was like Starla Winfrey, you know, like Oprah Winfrey's daughter. And she was just asking these great questions and it was compelling. And then I remember asking one question and he just looks at me and he still graciously answered. And it was just this, I don't even know what I said, but it was just, I was, needless to say, slightly embarrassed. And I remember right at the end of the meeting, Rom threw me under the bus a little bit. He goes, Dan, what is that thing about uh, the unseen Rom? And I just stumbled over my words and he was so gracious so kind, so, so like Jesus. It was amazing. And, um, and I don't know if you know his story. When he, I think he was 17 years old, he, was, he had attempted to commit suicide. He ends up in a hospital in Delhi, finds a Bible, encounters Jesus, and he becomes this, the greatest apologist of our generation. And obviously, A, we want to honor him in this church because I think he's, he's influenced us and we've had his influence of Ravi Zacharias Ministries in our church. But what an incredible picture of how the, the God saves us from our enemies. You have literally Ravi Zacharias on his deathbed. God uses him to become the greatest apologist of our generation and had the privilege of meeting him. And he even spoke about Rocco and Raya in, in, his, in his sermon that night. And what's, what an incredible, incredible moment. The second thing. And I'm just talking hard today. This is not your line upon line exposition of scripture. Uh, the gospel is for everyone. And in Acts 16, there's an amazing moment and we've talked through it over the past couple of weeks, but you have, G, you have Paul who comes into uh, this, this town and he, and he encounters different people and he encounters a wealthy businesswoman who, who leads to Jesus. He, he encounters a slave girl who, was, who didn't even own herself. She was, she was kind of, uh, she was filled with demons. She used to tell the future. Paul delivers her, gets, sees her saved. Um, you have uh, the, the jailer when they were thrown in jail and you have these three people that are saved one after the other. And for me, that's just such a picture that God, the gospel of Jesus transcends color, race, background, and places us all on the same level playing field under the cross. We are all made in the image of God. And, and I want to read something here that I wrote. Uh, and uh, I'm going to read it because I feel like it's, 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 it's too important for me to just try to remember off the top of my head and I want to miss out some points and some key moments that God has clearly been speaking to me. But it is about what is 
been uh, pervading in, in the news, not the coronavirus, but the death of George Floyd. And uh, this, this in, in, just incredibly sad story, uh, what's happened. And it's obviously causing riots and it's causing an upheaval. And it's, so I want to read, because I've had some incredible conversations with people in our church this week. So I'm going to read this out to you. You all would have seen on the news and on your Instagram feeds. Um, if you haven't seen it, all this doesn't move you, Lord, soften our hearts. It's the killing of George Floyd, which was an act of outright racism. If I don't speak into this situation for our community now, I think we may have lost our relevancy. So it's a hot topic that we need, that I need to speak to the church about. This is coming from an honest place in my heart. Both Star and I have been broken over it. Um, I was sitting at 2.30 in the morning and I, was, I read a, a, a friend of mine's post about his son and, his, and, he, and he says, I have to teach my son certain things that this world is, is not a fan. I just found myself just crying at 2.30 in the morning while Rocco was lying on my chest. And I asked God, I said, why am I crying? Why, why am I feeling this? He says, you've asked me to break your heart for what breaks my heart. Carl Lentz said in his incredible interview with T.D. Jakes, which I recommend you go watch and, and listen to. He says, you want to know where God's heart is? God's heart is with those who are suffering. And we know that there's many sufferings in the world, but there's something of a, a highlighting of this incredible racist injustice that, that is pervading across the earth. Richard, I'm not American. I'm not political at all, okay? I'm generally, I generally shy away from any arguments like this and any Facebook soapbox talk. And I say, let's just preach Jesus. Let's look after our community. But I'm a human and I'm a follower of Jesus. And this is a human problem with Jesus as the solution. My general and wrong response has always been, well, it doesn't really involve me. But in actual fact, it does. I have the privilege of leading City Lights, where from the beginning we longed to be a diverse community, welcoming everyone. And in this community, there are people that are truly hurting. One of my best mates posted that he has to teach his, his son things about life and the color of his skin. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 12, 26, if one member suffers, we all suffer together. I've had some sad, real, honest conversations with some of the black people in our community. Most of the time I just wept and it became a little bit embarrassing. To be honest, I would say, dude, just carry on talking. I'm just crying. And I'm not a crier for those of you who know me. I think God's softening my heart. I just listened that even in this world that we live in now, there's opposition, they face opposition. They've learned to just deal with it, suppress it. Sometimes it's overt, sometimes it's subtle, but it's simply not right. As a white pastor who grew up uh, in the first part of my childhood in apartheid, about the first nine years before it fell, uh, yet I still don't, did not know uh, what black people went through in my country. This is a pivotal moment in history and, it is, and it's opened many wounds and we cannot be silent. No one can be silent. Yesterday was Blackout Tuesday and I just, everyone was posting on Instagram and that's, that's amazing. And it's in solidarity for this. To quote Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who is one of the few pastors who stood up against the Nazi, Nazi regime and died for his faith. We are not to simply bandage the wounds of victims beneath the wheels of injustice, 
we are to drive a spoke into the wheel of itself. I'm sure there were Christians in the time of World War II who were also thinking, oh, the Nazis, I know the Nazis are wrong, but it doesn't really affect me, so I'm not really going to speak up. I don't want to tell my little twins that I said nothing, that I had this opportunity in history to speak to my community. I know that this goes into my community. I could care less if it goes out to the world or whatever, because that's not my reality. My reality is that there's people hurting in the City Lights community. If we believe in the true gospel, the gospel of God's kingdom that changed the known world of the book of Acts and has subsequently changed, completely changed society, then we have to carry on the fight against any form of injustice that is in this world. There's a stirring and a shaking in the world, but the church is the answer, the answer for hope, healing and direction. And I want to read from Revelation 7 verse 9. It says, after this I looked. And there before me was a great multitude that no one could count. From every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, and they were wearing white robes, and they were holding palm branches in their hands, and they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And that is the picture of the future that God has for us as a people of God. And uh, there's the, the modern day psalmist, you two, you always have to quote a bit of you two in your sermons. And uh, he wrote, I, well, Bono wrote this, I believe in the kingdom come, then all the colors bleed into one, bleed into one, but yes, I'm still running. And he says, but I still haven't found what I'm looking for. And I feel like that's something of the cry of the church in our generation, that there is this ideal picture where we're all standing as one before the throne, but we're not there. We need to keep fighting. We need to keep um, being, being loud and being heard and actually just listening. We need to listen. We need to open our hearts and learn. Hope that's okay. Number three, we need the power of the Holy Spirit. If you're learning anything from the book of Acts, you have Jesus who told his disciples, wait in Jerusalem and the power will come upon you. The word there, power, is dunamis. It's, it's where we get our word dynamite. It's, we need the enabling power of the Holy Spirit in order to see this world changed. If we look around us, what is happening in the world with coronavirus and this George Floyd and all these things that are, that are is causing turmoil and the news and all this stuff, the only answer is Jesus. The only answer is an Acts 2 experience where, where the gospel of, of Jesus is preached and thousands are saved and the Spirit of God falls on the people of God and empowers them to go and preach the gospel beyond themselves. We as a church believe in the gifts of the Spirit and their working. Tongues, prophecy, healing, etc. We believe the Holy Spirit is a person. He's not an impersonal force. He's one that walks alongside us. He calls us to salvation. He convicts us of sin. He awakens our hearts to Jesus. The Bible says that he walks alongside us. His name is Perikletos. And so we become like Jesus. And then finally he empowers us so we can live and do the things that Jesus did. That is what God has called us to be as a community. And when we read the book of Acts, we will not back down because of that. We will not take strange doctrines into our church. We believe when we read the pages of Scripture that these unschooled ordinary men, as the Bible calls them, were filled with the Holy Spirit. They were with Jesus. They were able to go and turn the world upside down. That same power is available to us. And we need to live in the fullness of that. I do not want my twins to grow up in a church that is boring, stale. 
I wanted the, the, the dynamic working of the Holy Spirit in and through the church and into their lives. I want them to be prophesied over from the front. I want the, them to grow up in this culture of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit's about power, but it's also about, uh, uh, it's about changing our lives. And if we read in Galatians 5.22, it says, But the fruits of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And that just happens over a lifetime. That is the fruit of walking in step with the Spirit of God. The fourth thing we learn from the book of Acts, and we, and we are about halfway through, but this is going to be way quicker the second half. There is power in our prayers. How much do we need to be praying in this time? Over the city, over, over the government. So governments have to make tough decisions and have been making tough decisions over the past few months. Uh, pray over what's happening in the States. And it's not just the States. It's starting to spill over into different countries. The, the riots that are, pray for God's peace. Pray for his shalom peace. Pray for the kingdom of God to come and rule and reign on the earth. And I've just been thinking that there's the amount of, they've done studies around this time of Corona, but the amount of people that are praying in this time has gone up exponentially. That has to do something in the atmosphere. And I think there's a shaking and there's a shifting and there's stuff that's being kind of revealed in this time. And we need to just keep praying, God, let your kingdom come, let your will be done. And if we look throughout the book of Acts, there were, there were moments where everything looked impossible. Acts 12 was a perfect example. You have, um, you have Herod who was on the throne. You have uh, James, I think, who was killed. You have Peter who was in jail. And it says halfway through, it says, but the church prayed. And it says that Herod died, Peter was set free, and the word of God is on the throne. And these are just moments when we get to just see Jesus work, and we see it in our community. So let's just keep praying. Number five, what we see in the book of Acts, and there's many things. There will be many dangers, toils, and snares to, to steal a line from amazing grace. There's going to be opposition and hard times to the gospel. Uh, if we, we have to realize that we don't get saved to, to come to Jesus and everything's going to be great. And God does bring blessing and all of that stuff in our lives. But we, we're going to go through valleys. And what God does in our hearts in those valleys is so much more important than the stuff that he may give us in times of so-called blessing. That actually those moments of the valley, that moments of God shaping us and going through the pain and suffering is the best times that we can have with our Father in heaven. 1 Peter 4.12 says, Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that, is, that has come on you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. And how many Christians, when times get tough, they're like something strange. Let's just rebuke everything. Let's anoint the doors, all that stuff. But he says, do not be surprised when, like, as though something strange is happening to you. But rejoice in as much as you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. If you're, insult, um, if you're insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed for the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. God's bringing new wine into his church in this time. And I think I preached that a couple of weeks ago that in this time of, of uh, churning and, and, and hardship, God is doing a new thing in us. And that brings me to my final point, number six. And if I think of the new thing that God is doing in us, is that the church, which we know now is not about a place. It's the called out people of God, separate in different homes, is that the church is a reflection of God's heart. 
us together is a reflection of God's heart. That's why it's going to be amazing to be together because it says in Corinthians, when you gather together, one person brings this and you, that's when the gifts get to work together. But we've seen over this time that the gifts of God have been working despite our distance from one another. People have been praying more. People have been giving more. People have been sacrificing uh, maybe weekends away and, and luxuries so they can serve and sow into those who are less fortunate, not only in our community, but in communities of this world that we get the privilege of working with. In Acts 4, such a key verse, it says, All the believers were in one heart and might. And isn't it amazing that it takes always a bit of persecution, a bit of opposition for the church to really come together. No one claimed that any of their possessions were their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify about the resurrection of our Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work within them. There were no needy persons among them. It says that some people sold land and gave it to the apostles and they distributed it to those who had need. This corona season hasn't been easy, and I'm not prophesying the end of it because I think we still there's still a, a journey, there's still the effects of it, there's still people that may lose jobs, and we are praying for those who've, who've lost their jobs, and we, we are saddened, and we, we, we trust in God with you for new, newness and new jobs and all of that. But what I do see in our community, and I'm so proud, is I see our community just rising up and being the church. We are no longer going to church. And I think so often on a Friday, we can hide. We can come sit where I'm right now. You can sit at the back. You can kind of listen to the sermon. You can go to a brunch afterwards, go to the beach, plan your next holiday, the whole day Saturday, and your life becomes about an inward focus. And what I've started to see is our community is beginning to look outwards. They're beginning to be the people of God. And they're beginning to, I mean, I'm daily getting texts uh, someone will be like, oh, we don't, have, we don't have money, we don't have groceries, we don't have this. On the same day, we'll get someone who says, I'm willing to sow and give people groceries. I'm willing to give money. I'm willing to go to people's houses. We, it's just an amazing moment. If we, if we just open our eyes and see that we're seeing this worked out in our community in this time. And I longed for us to meet together. But when we get back together, please let us not go to, to the way it was before where it's just become church becomes a thing we tick off the box. We are now the church. We are at the point of no return. And we cannot, we cannot, for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of what Jesus has done for us, go back to what we were living in. And we, I, I want to look forward as a community and say that there's, there's greater things ahead, there's more things ahead, but we, let's not forget the lessons we've learned in this time of corona. And I want to read from Amos 5, 21 to 24. It says, I can't stand your religious meetings. This is out of the message, okay? I'm fed up with your conferences and your conventions. I want nothing to do with your religion projects, your pretentious slogans and goals. I'm sick of your fundraising schemes and your public relations and image making. I've had all I can take of your noisy ego music. When was the last time you sang to me? Do you know what I want? This is God asking. I want justice, oceans of it. I want fairness, rivers of it. That's all I want. That's all that I want. God, in Isaiah 53, it says that, behold, I'm doing a new thing. And new things come out of, sometimes out of pain, sometimes out of, we don't understand things, but we get to cling to Jesus. And we, we begin to pick up his heart for the city and for, for those who are poor, for those who are 
disenfranchised, for those who are persecuted, and we get to come alongside them and see the gospel outworked. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word. I pray, Lord God, that some of the stuff that even I said today, Lord God, would just settle on our hearts. People would throw away what's not for them. They would take on board what is for them. They would need to ask you for forgiveness where there needs to be forgiveness, Father. God, we just surrender our hearts to you this morning. We surrender our hearts to you, our living King. And I pray, Lord God, that every single person in every single home would encounter you this morning, not for our own sake, but for generations' sake. That we would understand that what you really want is justice, oceans of it. You want fairness, rivers of it. That's what you want. And just while we're in this time of prayer, if any, if any of you want to surrender your heart to Jesus, we've got a little button that you can click. It says, I need to surrender my heart to Jesus. And what this means is that you're beginning to see that there's an alternative story, that there's something that I can, I put my faith in Jesus Christ, that my life has been a mess up till now, that nothing makes sense, but I start to get a picture of who Jesus is and he makes sense. And we've got some leaders that are willing to wait through to wait to pray for you and talk you through what it means to follow Jesus. It is a, a once-off decision, but it is a lifetime that takes to follow Him. So if, I think we've got next steps in the little uh, thing above me. But if you need to, uh, want to follow Jesus, click the button right now, and we would love to pray with you and lead you in a, uh, in a salvation prayer. In a few minutes, we're going to be going onto Zoom Hangouts and. Uh, like I said, every week it's a highlight for Stala and I. We love to see who's on there. And I encourage you, we, we do get into the Zoom hangout, but then we split into smaller groups. It's not this big, massive, weird Zoom group where no one knows what's, what's happening. We split into smaller groups. We have good conversations, and it's like being in the foyer of the church. I long to see you all. We're going to keep praying that, God, we can meet in this venue at some point in the next few months. Love you.